Welcome back to another episode of Her Daily Drive. I'm Sarah, and these podcasts are here to inspire and encourage you to find your daily drive in Jesus through hearing lots of different stories of other women who are already on their journey with Him. Welcome, Liz. It's great to have you with us. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Sure. At the beginning, I came from a happy, normal family. Like We had our usual ups and downs, but I wouldn't say it was anything particularly out in the ordinary. I went to church in what I would say fairly normal churches, grew up with two Christian parents and two quite fun little sisters. It wasn't until I was actually 19 that I would say I became a Christian. I went to a camp that the Uniting Church ran at the moment and um, at the time and it was called Chrysalis. And what I learnt on the camp at Chrysalis, I'd always been very aware that there was a big God who loved the big universe. And to me, I've got a little bit of an analytical brain and that was a very easy equation to understand all my life. But at this camp called Chrysalis, they had all these really unique ways of showing us that God loved us individually as young people and so that was the first time that I became really aware that the God of the whole entire universe loved me as an individual personally and so that's when I would say that my personal relationship with Jesus started when I was about 19. After that I'd like to say that I was uh, all nice and normal and (laughs) just was wonderful from then on but I was still a bit of a wild child at university. We did uh, various levels of legal acts and some not so legal but we had a pretty good time at university with lots of great girls to hang around with. We lived on campus so that's always a bit of a fun time and I did a education degree, high school education and I got my first job teaching phys ed on the Gold Coast in Queensland. I was pretty unhappy about moving to the Gold Coast. I thought that the only place to have a teaching job would be in Brisbane. Yeah there I had a really great job teaching on the Gold Coast and I worked at a few different schools and it was there that I met my husband at one of the schools on the Gold Coast. We were teaching together and I found out that opposites really do attract. (laughs) He's everything that I'm not in a wonderful way and so 11 years ago we got married and that was the start of a wonderful journey. I was still very what I would call happy-go-lucky but I'd always grown up as the big sister in a family and and felt that I needed to be quite responsible still. I worked as a teacher for many years, a high school teacher, and really loved working with the students but it was while I was working as a teacher I realised that while teaching them the content in the classroom was wonderful I actually really just loved chatting to people and seeing how they were going and more the relationship side of life so I did a counselling degree and I worked in a few counselling organisations and at a school. Um, That was up until when I um, decided that we would like to start a family. My husband and I made that decision and then now I'm a full-time mum and my youngest has just started kindy so I'm back in the phase of trying to work out how to do part-time work and part-time mum and all these kind of things but it was when I uh, was pregnant with my first child, my beautiful son, seven years ago that my anxiety started to come to the surface. Liz, what's your experience with anxiety and worry? It's hard to know where to start. Uh, I would say I've had lots of different experiences personally and professionally with anxiety and worry. Uh, Like I said before, I was very 
what I would call carefree as a young person. But looking back, I think I can see signs that I was probably what people might call highly strung or like to be planned or liked routine. And where my anxiety first came to the surface is, like I said before, I was pregnant and I was really, really, really like exceptionally stressed about um, the pregnancy because I'm quite a perfectionist type personality and very controlling and because I couldn't see the baby and in the early stages of pregnancy I couldn't tell exactly what was happening with him it was out of my control and that was something that I really struggled to deal with so I went and got counseling from a psychologist while I was pregnant with my son and she told me that sometimes anxiety can be hormonally induced and that was where my anxiety started as a hormonally induced anxiety but for better or worse it stayed with me <laughs> and I have to work out how to deal with it um, a lot from a day-to-day -day perspective but also working as a counsellor I work with a lot of people with anxiety and I enjoy talking to people about anxiety and I guess normalizing mental struggles because it's really no different to stubbing your toe it's just a bit of a sore part in your head sometimes that you have to let heal or do what it takes to get better does it mention anxiety and worry in the bible does Jesus ever talk about it this is a really tough one for me. Um, Jesus says repeatedly, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And I know that it's a struggle for myself as well as a lot of other women that I've talked to who struggle with anxiety and worry, that they feel that worrying is a sin. And a lot of people tell you very readily, just commit it to Jesus, just commit it to Jesus. And if you pray about it, and if you're faithful enough, he will take it away. But I'm very hesitant to say that hasn't been my experience at all when it comes to anxiety. And while Jesus very clearly says, do not be anxious and do not worry, I also believe that he gives us the way to stop worrying in the Bible as well, which is not necessarily glibly just handing something over because to me it seems to jump back in our lap but I really feel that Jesus says that we are transformed in our life by the renewing of our mind and that's been the real solution for me to work out how to change my mindset have a conscious decision to take my mind off the things that are distressing me and put my mind onto the right things. Liz, are there any verses or stories or prayers that stand out to you when you think about overcoming anxiety? Yeah, yeah, there are actually. Just recently I've had a, a major battle with anxiety. I've had quite a serious health scare and uh, they would, had to have some surgery and they were doing some tests and I was really concerned about it and a really wise lady at our church was praying for me and she encouraged me to say the Lord's Prayer every day in terms of dealing with anxiety. And I have to admit that I was a little bit skeptical I, up until then I thought it was a lovely thing I knew it was important but I hadn't ever looked into why I would need the Lord's Prayer on a daily basis and she encouraged me to pray the Lord's Prayer and really think through the lines and focus on them in terms of focusing my mind on God and on the things of his world not on the things of my world, which is what the Lord's Prayer does very succinctly, which I shouldn't really be surprised about because it's how God teaches us to pray. <laughs> but yeah, the Lord's Prayer is really helpful for me in, in focusing my mind, but also 
uh, like I said before, that verse in Romans about you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. A lot of people get very afraid of modern psychology and think that it's um, from the devil or I don't know, all different kinds of perceptions about psychology. But when I went through my counselling degree, a Christian person said to me, in the Bible there was a story somewhere in the Old Testament, I'm not quite exactly sure where it was, where God told them to go through and plunder the culture and take what they could use and leave the rest. And that's what I think God calls us to do as Christians, take what we can use from psychology and just leave the rest. And modern psychology gives us this really great counselling technique called cognitive behaviour therapy, which is just absolutely fantastic for refocusing our mind. And it's actually not surprising that it's a godly principle that God says when we transform our mind and when we change our mindset and focus on the right things in our head, then we will become changed people. So speaking of cognitive behavior therapy, are there some practical steps you could give listeners who are struggling with anxiety? Absolutely, absolutely. I I use a lot of these things myself all the time. The main thing, if you're someone who struggles with any kind of anxiety, I think is from just little worries that really worry you right up to big concerns that actually need some kind of intervention. We often think that worry and anxiety is a feeling that we have. That feeling that we have of nervousness or worry or anxiousness is actually the second step after a thought that's bothering us. And that's what cognitive behavior therapy does. You go to the activating thought, which gives us a belief and then how we act out of that. So what I use myself and what I thoroughly recommend anyone does is when we come to a point of feeling anxious about something, just to use a form of mindfulness and comeback what is actually bothering me at the moment? What is the thought that is really getting to me? And then try and work out if that thought is anything worth giving airtime to in your head or not. Is it something that's crazy, in which case you can just let it go? On a side issue, Dr. Google is never, ever your friend. (laughs) If there's any health issue you think you have, do not Google it. Or if you need to Google it, ask someone who is very sensible and calm to Google because it's not helpful in the slightest. If the thought is you know, something that's totally not beneficial, just don't even give it any kind of attention as such. But if it's something that you think might be a, a something that's going to happen or something like that, what is really helpful to me is to replace that thought. Now, it's really interesting. One of the most dangerous things that anyone can ever say to someone with anxiety is just stop thinking about it or just don't think about it because that's like saying just stop the river running. There's, there's actually no practical way to just stop thinking about something because I, when I'm talking to young children, I liken it to Play-Doh. If we take a thought out, that will leave a little hole there. That hole will always get filled back up and it will either be the negative thought that we had that will jump straight back in when we took it out or if we choose to do the right thing or the thing that really helps me is we find a new thought and replace the old destructive thought with a new thought. So that's really practical for me. Can you give us an example of positive thoughts we would use to replace those negative ones? Yeah. I guess the big overpowering thoughts are often the negative ones. The things like it's useless or I'm not worth anything or for example, no one likes me. Those are the big ones, especially for women and young women. But I guess it's really important not to match silly big thoughts with other silly big thoughts. It's not necessarily a great idea to go, everyone loves me. I'm the most 
stunning person in the world or all that kind of thing because those things aren't always necessarily true. But we can come back to an accurate positive thought. For example, if we're going down the line of I'm useless, I can't do anything, I'm not worth anything to anyone and that's really worrying us, you can come back to I have concrete skills and abilities and you can make a list of the abilities that you do have. Or if you're thinking nobody loves me, that's a lie. For starters, God loves us. That's one person that will always love us no matter what. A lot of us have at least one parent that loves us. Some of us are lucky enough to have a spouse that loves us or a sibling or one friend. So you can just try and reframe your thoughts with trying to find one small concrete positive thought rather than an overpowering negativity. The other thing that is so simple, but I forget it so regularly, is if there's something big that I'm really quite nervous about, just go back to the old habit of breaking it down into small steps. If it's a job that you're applying for or you don't know how you're going to face the week ahead or something like that, I was really concerned about my day today. I was doing a day's work and dropping the kids off at school and all that kind of thing. So last night, I just packed their swimming bag. I packed their lunch boxes. I got a few simple steps broken down and ready so that the big task doesn't seem as overwhelming in the moment. Before we finish today, Liz, do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners? Yeah, I do, Sarah. I just wanted to explain really, really, really clearly to anyone listening that if you struggle with anxiety or worry, it's not sin. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not a bad person. If anything, from the research that I've read, you can take heart that... A lot of the people who struggle with anxiety are actually highly intelligent people because these are the people who come up with the different worries and that's what anxiety is. It's just an inability to process all the information that is thrown at us in a rational and ordered way. So I just wanted to say there's nothing wrong. A huge portion of people walking around are struggling with anxiety and what I have discovered in my recent health challenges is that I was really, really, really embarrassed to admit that I was an anxious person. But what I did was I got some of the girls who I really love and trusted in my Christian walk and I told them that I was anxious and that I was scared and I was really worried about the events that were going to come up in the next few weeks. And what came at me, I could not have even imagined in terms of Bible verses, prayers, meals, presents. Like it's just, if you are struggling from anxiety, try and find someone that you feel you could trust and open up because the blessing that comes from being honest and open with people when they discover that you're as human as they are is often so much better than struggling alone. Thank you so much for joining us today, Liz. It's been a pleasure. I hope that something Liz has said today really resonates with you, whether that's simply realizing the normality of anxiety and worry, or whether you have now become empowered to think positive thoughts and replace those negative ones. If you want to receive daily encouragement and inspiration, you can follow us on our Instagram account at Her Daily Drive. Next week, join us as we talk to Kerry. She's got a tough gig of talking to us about money and finances. Until then, have a great week, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>